0: Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Thursday morning, September the 2nd, 2021. The time is 7.02. We are live here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Two hours here with you today as we get ready to round out the week that is, I think this is my seventh week back. It's just flying by. It feels like I just cracked the microphone for the first time in 16 months, like a week ago. But uh, lo and behold, here we are. And uh, excited, just you know, completely excited to be back here and um, just super stoked about everything that's going on in the city of Tucson right now because the football team is front and center right now. I mean, everybody's just kind of waiting to see just what this product is going to look like on the football field. And I have a lot of thoughts today that I'm going to kind of pour out as uh, I've spent the last, the better part of the last two hours this morning, just kind of going through a lot of the statistics and trends of this football team over the last two seasons, specifically during the 12-game the losing streak that is looming like a dark cloud over this program until they can break that streak, which may or may not happen this Saturday in Las Vegas against BYU, but we'll certainly have our thoughts on that. Um, I, you know, there's there's a lot of things in play for Arizona that are just – the great unknown, right? We we don't we don't know. There's a lot of players that are on this team that we're not familiar with. A lot of guys who are going to have substantial roles in the game on Saturday night that we've many of us have never seen play before, or at least didn't notice what we were seeing when we were watching the games that they were playing in. You know, if we if we were watching a Washington State game where Gunnar Cruz was playing quarterback, we had no idea that he was going to be the Arizona starting quarterback. Come Saturday night. If we were watching a you know a Mac contest between, you know, with Central Michigan and Western Michigan. We had no idea that two players on defense in that game were going to be starting at Arizona this Saturday night. So there's so many different pieces to this team that are so brand new and so vastly different than they were in the previous regime, specifically over the last year and a uh, season and a half that we don't know, which is why it's difficult. Like you know, I've been I've been you know checking out all the all the websites who offer predictions. You know, everybody's offering predictions. Uh, you know, this week it's it's you know free week and stuff, free prediction weeks. So all these places that normally charge for predictions, charge for you know you know money lines and, and you know betting lines and things like that. You know, normally charge, but week one a lot of times, especially in a game like like this, it's kind of like their marquee free game. You know what I mean? And the the <laughs> First of all, the predictions are all over the place. I would say that maybe like sixty five seventy percent of them are picking BYU maybe more picking BYU to win the game. Uh, maybe it's closer to like eighty percent of the of the of the pundits out there are picking BYU to win this football game, but almost all of them are picking Arizona to stay within that 12 point spread the twelve and a half point spread as it is currently will uh, we'll see again uh, you know I've been talking about it all week. What does that spread look like when it comes time to you know about about eight hours to kick off twelve hours to kick off? What does it look like Saturday morning as the sharps start to put their money down uh twenty four hours within game time? So we'll keep an eye on that. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna move down. I think the final betting line will be somewhere closer to ten and a half or eleven where it started, not at the twelve and a half number that it's at currently uh, not that that's hugely important it's hugely important for for some of us and uh, some of you out there who uh, like to throw some shekels down on the games, and you can do so coming up real soon. It's, it's going to be completely legal here in the state of Arizona, and I'll have some information here coming up uh, throughout the show and then throughout the weeks and stuff on promotions through FanDuel and the FanDuel app that you can take advantage of. If you use my promo code, you can get bonuses and things like that, just uh, bonus money, like which is awesome. Free money. Yay. Um, so we have uh, we'll be talking lots and lots of Wildcat football today. As Look, it's, it's, it's what we have to do, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's, it's what is interesting, the most interesting thing to me in sports right now. And I think it's what's most interesting to many, many of you in the Tucson area in sports right now. And I think I have some, some interesting takes, some different takes than other people have in regards to what we could possibly see on Saturday night and why we would see it that way. So we'll talk about that coming up here real soon as uh, we'll, we'll do that in hour number one. There's some other stories out there floating around that we're going to touch on today. One of them being that the NBA announced, or I shouldn't say the NBA announced, the cities announced, and the NBA, I guess, kind of going along with it, there are certain cities across the country right now that have very, very strict uh, vaccination and non-vaccination, uh, I mean, I guess I can't call it anything other than segregation laws um, in place. And the uh, the players who play home games in New York, in San Francisco, if they're not vaccinated, they can't play ball. Like Kyrie Irving, who is not vaccinated, he's cited a religious reason. I don't know what religion that would be. Um, he's a flat earther, so I don't know if that's if that has anything to do with it. But uh, Kyrie Irving, as it stands right now, I mean, I, I guess he may get the waiver because of religious per, pre, uh, reasons or something, I don't know, but... Um, he's in jeopardy of not being able to play the 41 home games in Brooklyn this year because he has said that he stated he's not going to be vaccinated. So I don't know what that means for teams like the Warriors, for the Knicks, for the Nets, you know, that you know, the likes of those those teams, um, you know, who's vaccinated, who's not. But I thought that was very interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, Major League Baseball has seen a turn at the National League West. I think we all kind of saw this coming with the, injuries that have happened recently to the San Francisco Giants. Of course, they've lost 5 of their last 6 games to the Braves and the Brewers this uh this you know this week. And the Dodgers just keep on rolling. Last night Max Scherzer looks unstoppable as usual. As much as it pains me to watch this type of stuff, uh you know, he is a, he you know, he's a, he's a friend, he's a personal friend and I, you know, I do cheer for him. I do hate him for picking the Dodgers, but nonetheless, he's probably going to go out and get himself another ring this year because they are the most talented team in baseball when you spend 245 million dollars it allows you to do that kind of thing anyway the Dodgers have taken over first place in the National League West we'll talk about some baseball coming up a little bit later on we'll have some NFL news and notes as well as we always do here every single day on the Jeff Dean show we talk NFL every single day regardless of season regardless of day regardless of the topics in hand we'll always talk some NFL and there are some thoughts uh, floating around, things have quieted down a little bit, but there's still some things that I want to talk about, specifically with the Dolphins and Deshaun Watson type situation. What's going on in the Deshaun Watson camp? Are the Miami Dolphins are they legitimately interested? Are they not? I personally think they are. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show as well. And there was some college football in action last night. I got to watch some college football. I was very excited to see UAB back on the field last night and just pouring it on Jacksonville state and uh, some exciting plays in that game. Always fun to watch uh, a couple teams playing for the first time. And then some big games tonight, you know, the Thursday night games, there's a, uh, there's a, a, a sneaky good game that's going to be happening down in Florida where Boise state traveling to take on to central Florida tonight. That should be a sneaky good game. There's uh, there's some other games on the, on the docket that may or may not be all that good, but they do feature ranked teams. Ohio State traveling up to Minnesota to take on the Golden Gophers and that team from up north hosting Southern Utah, and they are 45-point favorites uh, tonight in that contest, so not, uh, not really surprising there. But we'll get our first look at, uh, at Arizona State's football team tonight if you so choose to check that out. But I want to talk about the real team in the state of Arizona, the University of Arizona Wildcats and their football team as they head over to uh, Vegas. They'll be leaving in the morning for Vegas. Heading out, we still don't have a depth chart. Again, i I told you guys, like, I think we have a really good idea who's going to be playing. Anyways, the depth chart just makes it official. I think for uh, for the for the purposes of, as far as I'm concerned, the only thing I really wanted to see is who's going to be starting at linebacker and in the secondary. I mean, I know who the starting corners are going to be. I just really want to see how they lay out the safeties, the Viper, the corners, and the linebackers and see who's going to be starting where, essentially, because they have some multiple units now. A, 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 a unit that we thought was going to be very, very thin at linebacker has actually turned out to be quite good because of transfers and things like that. So um, excited to see that depth chart when and if it ever you know appears on the uh, on the radar again we'll have that for you as uh, as soon as we know anything about it but let's take a closer look at how or why Arizona will win Saturday I'm not predicting uh, I'm not predicting win I'm not going to predict games I I don't don't, I'm not going to predict games that I you know that I, I I work for the team I try to do my best to make sure that I give my thoughts on how I believe the game is going to play out but I'm not going to give predictions as as somebody who works with the team I just don't feel like it's my place to be making predictions I've already given you guys pretty good insight into how many wins I think this team is going to get this season without predicting game by game and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna it's, it's just something I don't do so if you're expecting a score and a prediction from me you're not going to get one. But I will tell you why Arizona has a chance to win this football game, and I'll tell you why they have a chance to win every football game this year. And it's, it's going to be different. Obviously, once we see the team in action, we're going to be able to change our opinions, change our views. Uh, certain players, you know, may look better against live opponents. They may look uh, worse against live opponents than they did against their own teammates. You just don't know until you see what happens on Saturday night. Now, here's one of the big reasons – and as I was going through some of the uh, some of the information that's out there, it just became more and more glaring just how different this team is from the previous iteration. I mean, normally there's a lot of carryover from year to year, even when you're rebuilding. Um, there's still a lot of of things to say. Okay, well we did that last year. We're gonna do that again this year. This year is like completely different, even though. There's a lot of returners to this team. I mean, there's you know there's there's plenty of guys returning to this football program to this, this season's team that were on the team last year in the 2019 season. Okay, there's there's still plenty of those guys, and they will be featured in. I mean, uh, Christian Roland Wallace was a freshman on the true freshman on that 2019 team. He played all 12 games for Kevin Sumlin that year. Obviously, he's going to be cornerback number one here uh, on Don Brown's defense this season. Now, But aside from a few of the names, this team is going to look completely different from the teams who are responsible for the, ter- the current 12-game losing streak. And when I say completely, like, I, I, like, almost like an opposite type of team, the mood is different, Ev- like everything. Jetfish has come in and completely changed this culture, Co- like overnight changed the culture. And he didn't do it alone. He hired a great staff to come in and and help him carry that message to those players, to the hundred and eighteen players that he had in camp. And I give credit to the players for buying in, for being open and receptive to everything that Jed Fish and the staff were talking about. You know, the, this is this is a team that is one hundred percent vaccinated. That tells you, right, I mean, if if you're familiar with, and I'm sure you are, the you know, the division in this country regarding the vaccinations and the non vaccinations and stuff. You know the numbers. I mean, it's there's there's a there's a, a high number of people in this country who are choosing to not get vaccinated for whatever reasons you know they, they choose to get 118 young men players and an entire staff of football you know whether it be recruiting staff, video staff, sideline uh, you know sideline people who are going to be on the sideline, ball boys, stuff like that, training staff, equipment staff, coaching staff. To get every single one of those people working in concert in just one thing, regardless of what it is, in anything, is extremely difficult to do. So the fact that Arizona has gotten one hundred percent vaccination, uh, you know, that everybody's you know, everybody's bought in to at least doing that together, that tells you a lot about the culture inside this program right now. It tells you a lot. Because there are 130 programs in Division I football or FBS football, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm willing to bet that 129 of them would love to be in the shoes of Arizona right now where every single member of the football program has been vaccinated. I have not heard of another team out there that is 100% vaccinated. I know they're the only team in the Pac-12 that claims to be 100%. They were the first team, at least in the Pac 12, to be 100%. Maybe I missed the news on somebody like, like a Cal or a Stanford or something, one of those, one of the NorCal schools. But uh, they were the first to be 100% vaccinated, the first in the country to be 100%, 100% vaccinated. That tells you a lot about what's happening behind closed doors, behind the curtains, involving the culture between staff and players. They're all working in concert. They're all, as Rich Rodriguez would say, they're all tugging the rope in the same direction. So that's a, huge, you know, that's a huge gain, a huge boost for a team like Arizona who's just trying to get a win any way they can right now, right? I mean, there's only one team in the country with a longer losing streak, a longer current losing streak than Arizona, and that's Kansas. And you never, ever want to be mentioned alongside Kansas, Kansas football. Ever, ever, ever. So Arizona needs to get that dub and get it out of the way as quickly as possible. As I mentioned, they've already kind of gotten a win. Because they are, in fact, 100% vaccinated. And it just shows you that this team is dedicated to working together this season to get things done, to check things off of that list. Okay, First thing on that list was to get vaccinated. They checked that. They checked that box. They checked it rather quickly, quicker than any other team in the country did this year. 118 players, upwards of 40 members of staff. It's a lot of people. I mean considering how many people you know of the 350 million currently living in the US you know what's what's the percentage between vaxxed and non vaxxed I don't I don't know I'm guessing it's probably somewhere like 20 25% it's a pretty pretty substantial number Arizona was able to get 100 upwards of 160 people to work together in a very short amount of time to agree on something to do something together it's a win that's a win for Arizona already so We'll talk about uh, some of the other things and some of the other differences, big, big differences that this team is showing already that are so vastly different and an upgrade, to to be quite honest with you, from the previous iteration of this program. FanDuel Sportsbook is coming soon to the Suns Arena. Don't miss your chance to win a VIP experience surrounding the Footprint Center, which is the home of your Western Conference champion, Phoenix Suns. Now, the prize includes a one night stay at the Kempton Hotel Palomar at Phoenix Cityscape you get a customized jersey presented by Suns official mascot go and lunch or dinner with Phoenix Suns alumni and attendance to a VIP event in the Nexus Social Club on September 9th you're thinking to yourself September 9th that's right around the corner yeah it's a week from today and you have to have your um, you have to have your entry in by tomorrow so what are you waiting for? Enter the contest now. Go to FanDuel.com Suns dash experience. That's S-U-N-S experience. That's FanDuel.com Suns or hyphen experience. The contest ends tomorrow, September 3rd. You do not want to miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime type of an event as the FanDuel Sportsbook is about ready to open up at the Footprint Center, a retail center essentially for sportsbook gambling in the state of Arizona, it's it's monumental, and it's opening on September 9th, which is the day that sports gambling goes live here in the state of Arizona. Go to fanduel.com slash sons dash experience to enter today. must be 21 or over located in Arizona. Limit of one entry per registrant. Registrants who enter the promotion by signing up for a new FanDuel sportsbook account must not have any other FanDuel account registered to their name, email, and or Social Security information. When we return, where are all the upgrades on this team? And how many of the players that are that you're going to see on Saturday are brand new names to Arizona football fans. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to the Jeff Dean show on 1490 a.m. 104.9 fm ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean show on 1490 a.m. 104.9 fm ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean show here on ESPN Tucson talking some Wildcat football right now, taking a closer look at to how or why the Wildcats will win on Saturday versus BYU. I mentioned that just how different this team is, not just in names, but in culture. And a lot of it is because of upgrades that they made, you know, in the offseason. Obviously, Jed Fish, a huge upgrade over the previous head coach and massive massive upgrades at the defensive and offensive coordinator positions. You've got uh you've got a guy in Don Brown who of course brings a a huge huge pedigree and resume along with him and everything that he's accomplished in his time in college football. He's got his own nickname that has been adopted basically nationally and you know communally by the uh, uh by the college football uh you know community and everybody around him, the coaches and stuff all across the country. So that's, you know, that's one thing. And then bringing in a guy like Brennan Carroll uh, is just really huge. I mean, he's an, an extremely impressive track record and resume, worked in big-time programs, obviously worked with his dad for a long time, Pete Carroll, and was the offensive line coach at, it, it, you know, in an NFL team who has been basically targeted every single year as having one of the worst offensive lines on paper, yet they continue to win division titles, win games. They run the football in the top ten of the NFL every single year. They have one of the most productive quarterbacks in the NFL every single year, despite the fact that they haven't paid anybody on that offensive line for quite some time. So to have Don Brown and Brennan Carroll on this staff are just absolutely huge upgrades. There was also a massive upgrade made at strength and conditioning. Look, I I've talked about T.O. Tyler Owens on this show several times. I, I can't even tell you just how how big of a difference a guy like that makes inside of a program. Just people like that that don't get credit. You won't see them uh, you know in a in a video package on this, you know, during the TV uh you know telecast of the games. You won't uh there's no statistics to show what they do. But what Tyler Owens has brought to this program, coming from where he came from, just bringing that kind of culture over with him, that relentless championship caliber work ethic, uh, it's, it's massive. It's paid off dividends. This team just physically looks different than any other Arizona team I've seen in a long, long time. Like you, you stand on the practice field and you're like, I don't recognize these guys. I realize they're a year older. And as young men, it's it's a lot. You know that the, the the impact is a lot greater on their bodies when they make subtle changes. But these aren't subtle changes; these are drastic changes. These guys look, ext- they don't look anything like they did last year. <laughs> okay, and I know last year, again, throughout year, it wasn't time to prepare. There wasn't a whole lot. You know, just like throw the season together, get back in November, and start playing football games if you can. But I can't say enough about the huge upgrade at the uh, strength and conditioning position with T.O. With being here in this program. And position coaches such as Dwayne Walker and Scotty Graham have just been absolutely huge to this program. Not only do those two guys bring a tremendous track record of coaching with them, a great history of coaching and playing, for that matter, Scotty Graham, one hell of a football player, to be honest. I, he... He was really, really good. I don't think people recognize how good of a football player Scotty Graham was. Uh, But just the way they they coach their players, they've gotten production everywhere they've gone. They've been extremely well-received everywhere they've been. When they've left, for whatever reasons, they've left the position that they were in. It was one of those situations. I mean, I I remember when Scotty Graham left Arizona State and the outpouring on Twitter, because, look, I'm you know, I'm friends with a lot of the people in that program. I work with several people that work inside that program. I I just living in the area just it happens it's a big program. You're going to get to know people. Uh, you know, my business partner works as, as one of the, you know, as the radio engineer of, you know, of the uh, of the of uh, the school. So. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of these guys, and obviously on Twitter and things like that, you end up seeing and reading some of these things. When Scotty Graham left Arizona State, it was like a, the closest family member was, you know, heading off to live abroad somewhere for the next three years or or maybe forever or whatever and going to unplug. It's, it was like the outpouring of emotion and, like, we're going to miss this guy. He's the best. And then when he got hired, I got messages from people inside the football program, like, you're absolutely going to love this guy. He is hes a culture changer. He's one of the best guys you'll ever meet. Enjoy your time with him. He's great. I mean, all these things that you hear and you're like, my God, I, you know, I had no idea, like, the kind of impact that this dude had, not just on his players but everybody around him. Dwayne Walker brings the same kind of situation with him as well. These, these were massive hires by Jet Fish um, and the, for all the right reasons. They're great coaches. They're great men. They bring a sense of great culture with them, and they're able to portray that and get their players to buy into it as well. It's, it's just a huge thing, and I can't, I can't say enough about the job that the staff has done so far in their time in Tucson, getting this team back on track because the, things derailed, folks. Let's be honest. That train had completely derailed by the end of the season last year, and I don't just mean by the, store, the stupid score of that stupid game. Uh, it was it, everything was was uh, look there were a lot of rumors floating around Tucson i heard him you probably heard him as well i'm not going to expound on those because i don't have f- first hand knowledge of any of that stuff but I, I always say where there's smoke there's fire and you can believe what you want but there was a lot there were a lot of people on that staff that didn't give a rip about arizona didn't give a rip about the city of tucson and most Importantly, didn't give a rip about their players. That is gone. That is one hundred percent gone. Now, eighty of the players that are going to be traveling to Vegas for the BYU game, by my count, if I'm, if my count was correct, and if I, if, if the players that I believe are going to be on the depth chart that are traveling to BYU are in fact the players, the eighty players that are going, the Jet Fisher set are going to to uh, Las Vegas. Twenty of, uh, twenty seven of them were not with the program last season. Many of which of those, uh, eight of them by my count, were starting for a D1 school last year, or have starts for a D1 school last year. There, uh, and thanks to Michael Lev uh, for his homework on this as well. He did the ho- he did a lot of the legwork on this particular aspect. Eight players with D1 experience, 81 starts altogether. That's pretty substantial, uh, pretty substantial amount of experience that Arizona brought in this off season. So. Of the 80 players traveling, 27 of them were not with the program last season. That's one-third. Actually, it's better than one-third because 81 players would be exactly one-third. So a little bit better than 33% uh, of the the players that are going to be traveling with this team is their first time going to be donning the Cardinal and Navy and the Block A and those desert swarm, those beautiful desert swarm retro throwback-type uniforms that they're going to be wearing this year. That's a lot. That's a lot of new players and players who have brought experience with them. You know, this is that's not just all freshmen. A lot of those guys, as I mentioned, eight of them, eight of the guys are transfers who have started somewhere else at a D1 school, some of them at Power 5 schools. So that's a huge upgrade as well. That's one of the things why – that's one of the reasons why Arizona things are different this year for Arizona, and I, I these are the things that people don't take into account when you're reading predictions. When you know, I don't even know if Vegas has taken all this stuff into account, and maybe I'm reading too far into this. Maybe Arizona goes out there and gets beat forty-two to nothing. I don't know. That's the thing about this. We we have no idea. We have a coach who's never been a head coach of a football game before, with a slew of players who have never played in this program before, many of which have are, are playing college football for the first time. So, again, it's the great unknown, which kind of makes it fun, which is why you kind of have to pick some of these things to go off of. Like, why, why would the team have success this year? Well, they've already had success in everything else they've tried, so why not on the football field? We're going to take a timeout when we return. Talk about the identities of this team on both sides of the ball. Something they've been extremely lacking uh, the last couple of seasons. There's new identities on both sides of the ball, and both are going to be clearly defined, if they haven't already, uh, are going to be clearly defined on Saturday. Join us every weekday afternoon on Spears and Ali from 3 to 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Tucson for NFL Cover 2, covering all the latest news In the NFL. It's brought to you by Barrio Brewing Company. Barrio Brewing Company, Arizona's oldest brewing company, celebrating 30 years of brewing deliciousness here in the state of Arizona. More after this, it's The Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. Back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, talking some Arizona Wildcat football. Speaking of Arizona Wildcat football, your chance to win my tickets to the game, my tickets. I have season tickets. I've had them for a long time. I obviously do not use them as I'm up in the PA deck. I normally just give them out to friends and family, but I'm going to be offering them up to you guys, the listeners, this year, because... I want more people to enjoy Arizona football so I've got four tickets and uh, four tickets for every home game and I'll be giving away two pairs of them each week to you know to two winners We're gonna have the details rolled out on Monday but it's basically gonna be a text to win system you're gonna listen for the keyword between 7 and 9 a.m. right here on the Jeff Dean show okay listen for the keyword text in the keyword to whatever the phone number is that we have that you're gonna you know gonna want to learn and store in your phone. And then uh, you text a keyword, and then we're going to take entries all through the week, Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, we're going to announce the two winners leading up into the Saturday's game. Then we will just text you the tickets, like just digital tickets, boom. They're on your phone. You got them, and you're going to the game on Saturday with someone you want to enjoy the game with. And uh, because I just, you know, it's time to share. It's time to, like, bring people together. And I can't think of a better way to do that than with Wildcat football. So stay tuned for that. That starts next week. It's going to be the week of every home game this season. I'm going to be giving away my season tickets. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. It'll be a text-to-win system, and we're going to have some fun with that. So uh, be ready. Now, I'm, I'm about to open up some wounds here, folks, and I, I apologize for that. I'm about to, to pour some salt in there because, look, things are rough right now for Arizona Wildcat fans, right? You know, the, the past three seasons under the Kevin Summon era were a disaster. When he named Noel Mazzoni as his offensive coordinator, I cringed and I cringed loudly. <laughs> I, it was a hire that I could not get behind. I can usually, I can usually find something positive. When Paul Rhodes was hired as defensive coordinator last season, um, obviously with the COVID season and everything like that, we never we, we didn't know any of that that was stuff was going to happen. I was all in favor of having Paul Rhodes as defensive coordinator. I, uh, my my cousin played at Iowa State for for Roadie. And you know, I believe that that Paul Rhodes is a good, still a good defensive mind, a good defensive coordinator. He didn't have a chance last year. Any type of new coordinator trying to implement a new system, especially after the Marcel Yates era, was going to be behind the eight ball. Let alone the fact that it got everything got blown up by uh, by COVID and by the uh, by the shutdown and stuff, and everything had to be slammed together in November. Like, okay, everybody, you got two weeks of camp, you got to instill your your systems and then go. Well, no wonder Arizona was terrible last year. Again, it, it, it's, been, it's been a recurring factor with Arizona. The defense has not been good for a long time. They were 118th in points allowed in 2019. They were 121st last year in points allowed. The, the, uh, the defense was consistently gashed time and time again by big plays. They had zero backfield pressure. They had two freaking sacks last year. Two! There was just there was zero pressure. There was no way for them to implement any kind of a blitz or a stunt system. It was basically that we just got to play base and hope that we can weather the storm and hope that we can outscore teams. Well, when you have no Mazzoni's offense, you're not going to outscore anybody. Offensively, last year, Arizona was 119th in the country in scoring. Arizona was 119th in scoring last year. And it wasn't like. That was just like this, oh my God, what, you know, what an anomaly that year, because they were 78 the year before. The whole Khalil Tate uh, debacle, don't even get me started on that. Bazzoni no, saying, we're going to turn him into Peyton Manning. What are you talking about? Like what are you talking about? He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Heisman Hopeful in Arizona. Peyton Manning. Get out of here with that nonsense. Give the man the ball. Show the world what he can do. Let's run some plays for him. I, I, I get so angry. I get so angry when I think I, – I'm just I – Remember, I remember standing up there in the PA deck watching the games and just like, what is this? Like, what, like seriously, what is this? You know, Noemozoni's offense, which <laughs> – Fans were concerned before it even, it even got here, before it even got here. Once someone named Mazzoni as offensive coordinator, before the team ever took the field, fans were already upset about it. I was one of them because I, I know what that offense looks like, and I don't want to play that offense ever, ever again. It's an offense that's predicated on simpli, uh, simplistic sets that are designed simply so the team can play fast. The object in Noel Mazzoni's offense is to get to the next play, not to get the right play, to get to the next play. You know one of the wisest things that I heard Rich Rodriguez ever say? Look, and, and you'll hear me quote Rich because I talked I talked with Rich a lot. We had a lot of conversations, including the very first night he was in town. Um, had a lot of conversations with Rich. One of the wisest things he ever said to me was, We, 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 I I had asked him something about when's the when's the perfect time to take a timeout. You know, I mean, you ask a basketball coach this, and they'll say, well, you know, if if you just feel like your team's losing momentum or they they're not communicating and things are breaking down, specifically on defense, that's when you want to call timeout to stop a, a a potential swell that could end the game. Okay, when you ask a football coach, you get a lot of different responses. When I asked Rich Rodriguez that, I said, when's the perfect time to call a timeout? And Rich said, there's there's never a better time to get out of a bad play. Like you, you, you will do whatever it takes to get out of a bad play. So you call the play in. Okay. Uh, you know, whatever, even if it's an RPO, all of a sudden the defense lines up, you need to get out of that play. If your quarterback isn't responding the way that you want him to, he's not, he's not audibling out. He's not signaling out. He's not making the right adjustments. You need to call a timeout to get out of that play. Says. So, there's there's never there's never a bad time to get out of a bad play. In Noel Mazzoni's offense, it was just like, screw it. If we run a bad play, we gotta run another one in six seconds. It was all about just getting to the next play. And that is not how you run an offense. And if you have a player as dynamic as Khalil Tate, you do not have him throwing screen passes. Okay? It was embarrassing. It was horrid. It was, it was completely unproductive, and it stripped every bit of talent that, that Arizona had on that, offensive, uh, on that offensive team in 2019, 2020. Just completely stripped them of, of all of their ability. Now, the offense offered very little in terms of pass protection. Arizona quarterbacks were running for their lives in the Noel Mazzoni offense. I remember seeing it at Arizona State when he was the O.C. there with Dennis Erickson. I remember seeing it at UCLA when their quarterbacks were getting killed in the backfield. Watching it here at Arizona. It just It's just the way it is. There's It's just base protection all the time. It's, <laughs> look, Arizona was more adept at going backwards than it was going forward during the, the Kevin Sumlin era. So, that's one of the things that is going to be drastically different about this year's team again. It's going to be a more of a pro-style offense. You're going to see a power-running game. They've got tight ends involved. I saw. I remember there was a joke. What was it? I think Arizona had given up. I remember when when someone got here, we played Houston. There was a lot of hype around that game, and Arizona just got their abs. The game was over before halftime. And I think tight ends had scored two touchdowns for Houston in that game. And I remember somebody, I can't remember who it was, maybe it was like Pat Forty or something like that, had tweeted out, It's no wonder that Houston's tight ends are scoring touchdowns. Kevin Sumlin's defense have never seen them in practice. (laughs) It's true. Just completely wasted. Here, they embrace the tight end. Jordan Pow Pow, of course, brings a great great pedigree with him of having excellent tight ends on the football programs that he's been involved with, certainly over the years in Washington. They've had plenty of them up there. Ten years, they had tight ends out the wazoo. No pun intended. So, you know, this year you're going to see power running game, you're going to see a fullback. You're going to see tight ends, double tight end sets. And yes, the strength is at wide receiver, but you don't want to play all six of them at the same time. <laughs> you gotta rotate them out. Play them to their strengths. So you're gonna see a very different offense this year, triggered by a quarterback who is designed to get the ball out quickly. Okay um and and I, I you know I believe that, that you know we 'll see a a a big uptick in in terms of offensive efficiency this year, third down conversions ability to hold on to the football a little bit longer that was another thing turnovers my god, turnovers were bad I, arizona's i think over the during the Kevin Summoner, I think they were second worst third worst in power five football is in terms of uh in terms of turnover margin. Now, the offense didn't just give up the ball at record, rate, at record paces. They actually weren't all that bad, specifically in the running game. Not a whole lot of fumbles from guys like Gary Brightwell and J.J. Taylor. Okay, they took care of the ball pretty well. Um, and, you know, interceptions-wise, you're going to have those. But like, Arizona just didn't take the ball away from anybody. Like, we couldn't create any turnovers. You know, and that's huge. You've got to be able to create turnovers, and I guarantee you, guarantee you, that Don Brown will change that immediately. Don Brown's defenses, if you remember it, at Michigan, and if you ever watched UConn play when he was a D.C. there, that's all those teams did was create turnovers. I think Michigan was like top ten in the country three or four of the years that, that D.B. was the uh, the coordinator there. Like they're, they, they're, they're a team that consistently turns the ball over, or defenses that consistently turn the ball over because of ball pressure. They pressure the backfield. And like Don Brown said in his press conference on Tuesday in front of the media, we're coming over those walls. I guarantee you that. We're coming over the walls. He's going to create pressure. There's going to be backfield pressure. There's going to be ball pressure. It's it's going to lead to turnovers. It's a huge difference for this Arizona team. And I have one other aspect to this team as to why I believe that they have a good shot at pulling out a victory this weekend because, look, you know, again, we haven't seen the team play. We're going to throw everything out the window right now and just see what, what, it, what it looks like. I can only talk about trends and what I've seen in the, in the preseason. What I've seen so far, I'm liking. And the trends of the coaches they brought in, I'm liking. And there's one other aspect, and it, it, it directly is in relevance to what BYU doesn't have that Arizona does have. We'll talk about that next. ESPN Tucson and Tucson Appliance are looking for the next big radio star, and we need your help, folks, narrowing down the field to 10. Go to ESPNTucson.com and uh, watch the videos and vote for the person that you believe would be a great addition to the Spears and Ali show as a weekly guest host on a uh, a phone segment. If you're a contestant, tell your friends. Make sure they go and vote. You can vote daily at ESPNTucson.com. The grand prize winner will be a weekly phone guest segment on uh, Spears and Ali to talk sports with them. And uh, all the uh, the contestants will be narrowed down to 10 next Tuesday, September 7th. And then at that point, we'll have a chance to vote for the winner. A star is born on ESPN Tucson, brought to you by Tucson Appliance, only at Tucson Appliance, where our low prices are your priority. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. So what's the one thing that's going to set Arizona apart in a positive direction from the BYU Cougars this Saturday? Well, in one word, it's experience. Now, I know that a lot has been made this offseason. It's made every offseason about the amount of returning players for a particular program this year. And it is true. BYU has the fewest returning players of any of the P5 or P5-equivalent schools this year. They're going to be starting an all-new all new defensive line. Every single starter on the defensive line is starting for the first time. They're starting a young offensive line, and when I say young, I mean inexperienced. It doesn't mean they're not twenty two, twenty three years old as sophomores, because that's you know obviously with the uh, with the the Mormon schools, that's the way it's going to happen. You're going to get that a lot because of the uh, the missions and such. I thought it was funny earlier this week. There, the the kicker that's on, that's on the team is like Jake Oldroyd. He's a redshirt sophomore, but he was on the team the last time Arizona and BYU played, which is quite a few years ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. Um, but I, you know, I do think it's experience. I mean, really, I think that's that's the main difference, especially when you're talking about uh, on you know on defense. BYU is going to be bringing back almost an entirely new defense this year. Now. It's gonna. You know, apparently, they're gonna field 15 positions on defense this year, based on their depth chart, with the the outside defensive end, the side defensive end, the other defensive end, the nose tackle, the Jack, the Flash, the Mike, the Rover, the Cinco. There are two corners, two safeties, and a nickelback. <laughs> Again, I like. How many positions are you allowed to field? So. You look at the the strength of, of of BYU. Their their strength right now, in my opinion, is a, is at linebacker. Um, it's it's a it's a good linebacking crew. It's young again; they're all sophomores, uh, but it's it's good. And their secondary is is good as well. Um, they've got a good uh, good safety by the name of Chaz Ayu, a uh, pretty darn good player. Offensively, re, you know, replacing Zach Wilson is going to be a, a large ta- a large challenge for them. And they're going to be doing it with a brand new offensive coordinator. Interestingly enough, this is the third time since uh, Kalani Sitake has taken over that they're playing Arizona with a new offensive coordinator. They're two—I mean, they're two and zero in those previous two games. I just thought it was interesting. Like all three years that he's gotten a new offensive coordinator was the years of the opening against Arizona. That was interesting. Um, but they're starting a freshman at tight end. They've got. You know, what is it? Three sophomores and a freshman on the offensive line. So, look, it, it's a it's a inexperienced team. They've got experience at wide receiver and at running back. They, they're they're very uh, very talented there. Tyler Allgaier, pretty good tailback. Uh, the Nakua brothers at wide receiver. Gunnar Romney, big target. You know, the, and they're going to be physical because that's what that's what Kalani Sataki and BYU do. And they're well-recruited. It's, it's a team that recruits extremely well also. But I think Arizona's got the advantage and experience on BYU for, for once, right? So I think that will play also. Again, I'm not making a prediction here. I'm just saying that it's going to make a difference in the game. And uh, I wouldn't just sit there and chalk up the victory as an easy one for the Cougars. Wrapping up hour number one, we're going to come right back. We'll be back in two minutes with hour number two. Still a whole lot left to get into on this Thursday edition of the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD for Tucson.